Welcome to Your Favourite Film is Awful, the weekly show where we take your favourite films and defend them against negative reviews. As always, I am Luke MJ Powell, and with me, the one and only, it's Charlie Lilly. How you doing, Charlie? I'm magic, mate. How about yourself? I'm very, 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 very well. What have you been up to? (laughs) Oh my god, you've gone full uh, Jim Carrey. Jim (laughs) Carrey. Oh, I could only wish. What have you been up to? (laughs) What you watched? How you doing? What have I been up to? I have watched... What have I watched? I've watched Love and Monsters. Oh, good one. I saw that. I... Okay, so it started off, and it has this kind of... On the note, kind of cringy narration that I was quite digging, because I was like, I like the idea that he's... uh, You know, what if, you know, you're in the post-apocalyptic world... But mm-hmm. everyone's shacked up with someone and you haven't. You know, I like that. I thought that was a good idea. Because everyone thinks, you know, I'll be this badass. In the pocket. But no, you might just end up being alone. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone else has their loved ones. Um, I thought that was good. And I liked that he was, you know, having this crazy fantasy of like, I'm going to go to this other, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to cross through the dumbest thing ever and <laughs> leave my group uh, just in search for love. And yeah, um, I thought that was great. And I, I, I mean, I don't know how much we can speak about it, um, but basically uh, I thought it was going to go one way and I thought it was mm-hmm. really clever and it doesn't and it falls into the classic Hollywood tropes. And uh, and for that, I thought it was incredible. I thought I found it very disappointing. I was very mm-hmm. upset. Um, so I didn't like it too much. I did think the monster stuff was really cool. I like the yeah. insects. I think they picked some really cool scenes, some really good stuff. I had, I had a laugh. I thought it was watchable. I enjoyed it, uh, but I think it, it. I think it could have been really, really, really great, and I think instead it it fell for the same cliche cliches that we've seen a million times before. Um, so yeah, so see what people think. I don't want to ruin what my reasons are. Maybe one day we'll do it or podcast with it, but one day, just in case knows? people want to watch it. Yeah, just in case people want to watch it. Yep. So that I watched that, and I also watched. Alien Free for the first time. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Um, I have never seen Alien Free. Uh, it is the last Fincher movie I needed to watch. Um, oh. And of course, it, you know, is not considered by David Fincher as a David Fincher movie. And I would agree with him <laughs> because it was, in my opinion, the worst Alien movie. Uh, yeah. I might be wrong, uh, but... Well, I mean, um, AVP you know, is pretty up there as worst. Uh, I mean, I can't remember AVP, to be fair. Um, if we're just talking about the alien, the straight alien ones without Predator, um, I think I prefer... Uh, I mean, it's between it's between Alien 3 and Prometheus as the bottom two for me. Um, I think Resurrection's better than... Like, I think Resurrection's actually got some fun stuff in it. Obviously, it's still bad, but it, I think it's way better than Prometheus and... Uh, no, not third best. What am I talking about? Covenant's third best. Oh, Resurrection's okay. fourth best, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, for me, Alien 1, 2. But yeah, not the biggest fan, uh, I must admit. I thought it was quite boring. I was shocked. There wasn't really any set pieces, really. Yeah. Um, uh, the Alien CGI is the worst in the entirety series, including probably Alien vs. Predator. Yeah, it was a, re- it was a real sh- shame. I get why people don't like it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, although apparently I read that Tarantino likes Alien 3. And I'm very... Mm intrigued to know why and i can't find why and it's frustrating me on the internet so if anyone can find that and send it to me i would love them forever um because i'd love to find out why mm. i'd love to know his reasons why he likes it but yeah so they're roughly the two films that i watch apart from the one that we're going to talk about today Ooh. so how about yourself uh luke uh okay so first off i'm going to talk about not a film um so recently oh. i got a game uh, I'm going to talk okay. about that game. I'm very quickly going to talk about it. It's called Hades. It is a roguelike oh. game where you play as Hades' son and you're trying to escape from the underworld. Uh, and it's it's just great. I'm just really enjoying it. It just, like, the mechanics re- work really Sounds well. Cool. Uh, it was from oh, Supergiant Games, so it's a smaller company. Um, yeah. It's one of those. It's It's got that frustration of every time you die, you get shot back to the beginning. 
but over time you get all the upgrades and it's easier to get to near the end and i and last night i almost got to the end well what i think it's the end but and what i think is the final boss just fucking floored me and was like nah you ain't going anywhere you little bitch get back to the start of the game and i i would i had to i went to bed crying because i I was just like ah what is my life now it sounds a bit like god of war (laughs) sort of thing in terms of yeah well yeah it's uh, greek mythology yeah yeah yeah, it's greek mythology a bit of hacker slash just carry on the trail um Mm. yeah it's great i had i'm having a lot of fun with it so far uh but then to switch up the game we're gonna (laughs) again we're gonna talk about the film that i'm gonna bring to the table today uh and that is the mitchells versus the machines oh yeah netflix yes uh it is sony picture animation it is great. I, I'm being a lot nicer this year with my letterboxed. This is the best film I've watched of 2021 so far, keeping in mind that the cinemas haven't reopened yet. Interesting. <laughs> but, ah, it's great. It's got, like, the charm and the art style of, like, Into the Spider-Verse, but the heart it brings on this play... A little bit played out. It's... A family learning to get along. But that's the secret, is that other films that approach this sort of source material, it's a family that hates each other, have to rekindle and like remember to love each other. But this is a family that loves each other and just needs to learn to get along and like adapt to each other and just meld better. Is and it funny? Because just... I remember the trailer being quite funny. Yes, it is funny and it's mm. full of heart. Uh, and it looks great. A lot of the art style choices that they've put into it, it's, just, it's a lot of fun. It's great. Cool. You should definitely give it a watch. It's worth your time. Now, fan submitted film of today. It is The Truman Show. Hopefully I was further enough away from the mic that that doesn't blow everyone's ears out. <laughs> Charlie, what is The Truman Show about? Uh, the Truman Show is about a, a guy who works in insurance, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, who discovers that he is the star of a reality TV show, which is his life. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, don't know how much more I can sum up than that. Um, that's, that's, I, I'd say that was pretty spot on. You just, you approached the sentence from a different angle than I was expecting, but okay. you got it. You hit the, you hit the nails on the heads. You, you've, you've done it. Truman Show. However, of course, y- you missed a little bit because it was only like two sentences and I kind of jumped in. I cut you off. and I apologize for that. I'm sure this was like going to be your next sentence that it was a movie to sleep through and it was worthy of one star out of ten. I'm sure that was that, that was that you're going to be your next Not sentence. At all. Not oh, at all. OK. Well, we'll just see what Sasha Lynn has to say, because let's be honest, it's probably going to be more interesting than whatever you are going to say. I'm joking. Don't have hurt feelings. So, Sasha. This movie was one of the worst movies I have seen in a long time. The lack of a storyline in the beginning and the slowness of the movie provided a very boring movie. By the time the storyline became evident, I was falling asleep and then had trouble keeping my eyes open open for the remainder of the movie. I was told that the end of the movie was the best part. However, I cannot get through the beginning. The movie is just not worth watching. Jim Carrey's role was a good one, but it would have been a better character if they had cast a more talented actor. I feel that the movie could have had great potential, but bombed out due to lack of acting and a weak storyline. Uh, lack of acting is weird. I think that Jim Carrey, uh, especially in that time period, was like the the king of these sort of comedy movies. Or um, I mean, particularly this is his more his seri- more of his in line with his more critically acclaimed serious mm. stuff. Um, uh, but it still has that Jim Carreyness about it. I think mm. uh, I I actually can't imagine really anyone else playing the role because I think Jim Carrey has that perfect performance of like. I have only been brought up in a reality TV show. Do you know what I mean? He's got this kind of good afternoon, good morning, good night. Do you know what I mean? Outlandish. Yes, exactly. He's got that. Mm. 
you know, a big laugh and the big smile he has that's kind of like almost like parody level. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He's pointing out. Like the big thing there is the lean that he does when, he's, when he says the. Um, yeah, when he likes And in case I don't see back, you, yeah. good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And then like yeah. leans back and he's like. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, how did you get a person who doesn't know they're in a TV show to make that so perfectly TV? Perfect, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, uh, I think that yeah. he's perfect for the role. I don't know what this person's talking about. I, I, I think mm. it's quite engaging from the start. I'm surprised oh, that they was bored because I think it gets. Str- it doesn't. I was actually shocked. I mean, I'm, at one point, I, I mean, I paused it to go to the toilet. <laughs> um, it's tragic, tragic. I know um, that I paused it. How could paused you? Paused it to go to the toilet. I know, I know. But I had to go, guys. I was busting, and I was like, "Fucking hell!" I only had like half an hour left. I was mm. like, "This is fucking. This is flown by." Um, the pacing I thought was amazing and I think that's down to the fact that this mystery is you get stuck into it straight away mm. and you're seeing all these different things and you're not you're it's never giving you two it's kind of giving you one plus one and you're trying to figure out yeah okay what's going on you kind of get a rough idea obviously that he's in a tv show but you're trying to well, figure that, out I, how that's happened I was going to say it it's kind of for some reason this has popped in my head it's kind of like Knives Out where immediately you know certain facts that the people in the show don't know in the show in the film yes, don't know yeah, yeah. and yeah, it's less so about so for the truman show immediately with that opening they're telling you this guy he's in a tv land exactly he doesn't yeah. know it and exactly. then the first scene with truman it's one of the giant light rigs has fallen from like freaking miles yeah. in the sky and he's yeah. like it's that beautiful shot where he picks up the light and he's just looking around like, the fuck? Where did that come from? Yeah. So it's one of those, it's not a question of, oh, what's going on? How is this all going to happen? It's a question, uh, why is this all happening? It's a question of how long is it going to take him to escape? Because mm. from the off, as soon as we're, we, the in- audience, are introduced to the piece, all the pieces are set up as he knows something's fucked. It's just a question on how long it's going to take him to suss out how fucked and then escape. And it's, Mwah. I fucking love it. It does it within like the first 15 minutes. It just sets it all so good. Yeah, you're right. The, and the, the, the thing about it that makes it interesting is that you're watching the movie, mm. how everyone is watching the TV show in the film. Yeah. You know, you're watching him discover that he's in a reality TV show. He's been there his whole life. Um, mm. And there's, there's something fascinating about that. Um, and fascinating seeing how, you know, that would work if that was a reality. Yeah, I think it's a really clever, like a very clever script. Um, mm. And I think it's, I think Jim Carrey's perfect for the role, like we said. So I'm surprised by that review. Well, going off of what you just said there. So this was your, this was the first time you watched it, right? Yeah. First time I've ever seen it. Yeah. Um, did you it's see one of those ones that was on a list for a while? Yeah. Did you see all the cameras? Um, in terms of what do you mean? So during the film, that they're, they're told that there's like five thousand, fifteen thousand cameras that are on the set. Yeah. When he comes out of his house in the morning, mm. there are like there are four cameras that are on each side of every every billiard. The neighbor when he's pull it, when he's holding the bin, it just has this perfect circle, which is another camera to get another angle on Truman Show. That's cool. And yeah. like it's so I was rewatching it just going, That's a camera, that's a camera, there's a camera, there's a camera. And it's I love how um to go off that point and kind of tangent myself, I love how many of the shots are, as you just said, it's we're the audience in like the same seats as the audience of the real Truman show and it has all the the low angles and it's like the weird camera placements which is so good because it shows us where they're actually capturing the footage yeah like for the super TV wide show. lenses that are kind of almost like fisheye yeah almost fisheye because it's like they've stuck it in the car and i, I kind of mm. like how they committed to i mean i don't know that like you said, cause you've seen it more than me. I don't know if they mm. you see all the cameras, but it still felt like the yeah. cameras had a rules set to them in terms yeah. of like... Yeah, you don't see all of them, but... Yeah, but like they're all... 
you can believe that they're all in positions. They're not just done some bullshit where they're like, oh, you have to mm. just sort of use your imagination to imagine mm. that the camera would be there. Do you know I mean, it, it feels like they're all placed in like... Perfect. I mean, I mean the, my favourite one was that there's one in the bloody pencil sharpener. I thought yeah. that was so funny. Uh, <laughs> on it rotates. Oh, it's good. And yeah, then yeah. Well, the other great one is um, on his dad's lapel, on his jacket, and it's like a much smaller camera, but you get that angle, which is just like looking up at, Truman being all sad and it's just like this is his face and it's like <laughs> it's yeah. so good and no, it's like in any Hollywood production if you were to bring them that footage they'd be like the fuck sort of C-roll bullshit is this yeah. but because it works in that world it just mwah. and I think that's so they say about a weak uh, acting lack of acting as well and I think that the other players that work with around Jim Carrey's Truman are great. The two main ones being the best friend and the wife and the way that they keep looping in adverts and sponsorships. There's like a great bit where um, the best friend is drinking alcohol and you can like see him just sip it in such a way that it shows the entire brand logo on the side. Yeah, it's funny. And then of course you got the, the wife's uh, chatting the chocolate about the thing. yeah the chocolate uh, the what is it it's like cocoa, cocoa and yeah. the knife where she comes back and is like I got this can you believe is that what you doing do all this? is <laughs> yeah. that what you doing yeah. what you doing <laughs> yes because that's yeah. when he starts cluing in oh, it's just... yeah. and then oh very quickly I'm kind of hitting all of the beats that I want to you talk like about you love this movie don't immediately. you I love this movie <laughs> when Truman is got like no is like clocked on and he goes to see his best friend and his best friends at work there's a great bit that, like, a blink and you miss it, where he's, like, loading up the vending machine. And <laughs> he's putting the things in. Truman looks away and he takes out one of the things because he's ran out of items to put in the machine. <laughs> so he, like, That's quickly funny. takes out some things so he can put them back in. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even it's notice like, that. That's funny. It's so good. So to say how the acting is lacking is garbage because everyone is making it believable that this bullshit could be real. Mm. And to go off of that, to completely sidetrack you, do you remember the Darren Brown experiment when he made somebody believe that the zombie apocalypse had happened? No, sis. No, okay. It's like one of his bigger episodes where he hypnotized a guy to like fall asleep um and then got an i think it was like an army base or something moved them there woke them up told them that uh the zombie apocalypse had occurred and then it was him trying to survive with a couple of other survivors as zombies attacked and it it's got similar like wide angle lenses and like like the 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 mics are in like lapel ah oh, it's great it's just, but like yeah. they they tr- like on a much smaller controlled scale they, do a Truman they show. showed that the Truman show could be possible mm, that is, is that is fascinating so ah um, uh, so which just proves that the storyline is good because it's believable ah oh, yeah i mean hey. the only thing that isn't believe- i guess it isn't believable but it's cool cuz it's that movie and like it's trying to make a point um, mm. is you know the fact that it's in this gigantic dome oh, yeah, and that yeah. everyone's paid in to you know see this man be tortured for his start to finish of his life um, I mean but if that but was a he? thing would you would you not watch would you not watch would I you mean, not watch that's, I mean that's it isn't it that's the question y- you'd watch there'd be people that thought it was wrong but there are always people that think anything is wrong from things that are actually wrong to things that aren't wrong, but people like to say things are wrong. Yes, yeah, this is definitely one of the wrong things. Ah, oh, it's so good. Mm. It's so good. Right. Um, I don't know if I defended against Sasha or just kind of pushed Sasha on the ground like a child in the playground and was like, "Fuck you! This movie is great." <laughs> so instead, we shall move away from Sasha and we'll go to Betty Joe Tucker's extract of her review it's it's a it's a more critical review i believe if i remember correctly are you ready charlie i am yeah, next plan, yeah. uh so the 
paragraph before was about true oh about uh jim carrey's acting how he brings a good he, he brings dramatic work and he's good in a dramatic role he's good in the role basically that was the paragraph before unfortunately the same cannot be said about the movie itself by trying too hard to be profound about the evils of television it stretches its it stretches this theme beyond the breaking point yes most americans probably spend an unhealthy amount of time watching tv yes when hooked on a series they sometimes take more interest in the characters than in members of their own families be honest just think about your favourite soap opera or primetime TV show. But would a corporation be allowed to buy a child and televise his activities for 24 hours a day without his knowledge? And if the child grew up to be as popular as Truman Burbank, wouldn't his fans rebel at the inhumanity of such treatment? You betcha. That's that's the extract. Right, so my thing to that is that this is a movie for a start mm. and it is commentating on what we already do, which is mm. watch reality TV. Um, and we put people in Big Brother, for example, where mm. people are stuck in a house and we watch them. I mean, it's 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 an exaggerated version of that, yeah, but it's that's the mm. point. It's making it entertaining. That's what's insane about it because it's this larger-than-life thing that we don't... I mean, if you wanted to make that point, he would just make a film about a normal reality tv show but that's not yeah. as interesting as making a you know taking a guy from a baby from conception and it's almost implying that that would be how the future would go if we continue mm. with these reality tv shows so i feel like that's a weird thing to sort of oh yeah it's one i, I get yeah. it and of course you i get it as well up, yeah yeah you brought it up in before i even made uh addressed that review. review yeah of that is the unbelievable bit but i think it's weird to critique it for that matter because yes, even though it's it is unbelievable for such a thing to happen it is that exaggerated step to find uncommon ground to break to create an interesting movie and yes mm. there will not be a reality where a studio creates a set so large it can be seen from out of space and put one guy in there to run around and live out his life that is unbelievable however it's as so wait where where's, where's the point i'm making yes but it establishes that unbelievability immediately so it's like here is your medicine before you get the sugary goodness of the film it's look to enjoy this film you gotta get on board with this very unbelievable thing mm. are, are you on board good enjoy yeah but it's, it's a movie it's it's like yeah. i said it's making a point it's exaggerated to the viewer to get the point across um and also be entertaining at the same time yeah um and and, and so, so it's got a wider implications as well of mm. like you know the kind of theories of like simulation theory almost mm. of like you know are we being watched and t televised to some higher being almost you know I, mean? I mean it was mm. just a this is yes yeah, whether you think that's silly or not you know it's, it's it kind of speaks to that as aspect of it as well or that aspect of how everyone thinks that they're almost the center of the universe you know yeah. and that they're watching or that they're yeah everyone believes that they're destiny, the main so. character in their own story exactly it just yeah, is so. that truman is the main character of his own show exactly yeah and it deals with what is like what happens if that's the case like how does Ooh. someone deal with that um i mean and also like you know he said about wouldn't these fans be trying to scream to get him out well i mean they mm. kind of do i mean yeah the, the lady he falls for she comes on um i mean i imagine she was a fan before um and... yeah so what i gather is that she was a so that character was a fan of the show mm. and then became an extra and then they'd set it up that Truman was going to fall in love with the person that becomes his wife. Yeah. But he fell like for her immediately instead. he fell for her. Mm. And that's why they keep like dragging her away because away. Yeah, yeah. she's an actress. She like, she's got to get paid. She's got to be an extra in the show. Otherwise she's not yeah. getting paid. But then 
they've got to like separate them. Exactly. It's, oh, it's so good. And I feel like, I feel it is, apart from the outlandish set, I fully believe that there is a reversed version of this plot in real life where there, instead of one guy being controlled by a corporation, it's one guy with like Twitter, Twitch, like every celebrity who's like pioneering and like using different adverts and studios. Like if they've got a Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and they're like pumping you full of stuff, they're just the inverse of this film. Wouldn't you say? Like, does that I make sense? So. I kind of get what you mean. Um, like the only thing separating it is that normal people say this is an ad. This is a sponsorship rather than the way in the film where it's product placement and then explaining it kind of uh, poorly, which is what catches them out. But in real life, the amount of people that get sponsorships and adverts and have that, like, like if you go on YouTube at any point, you're going to get a, if they're a big enough YouTuber, you're going to get a Skillshare, a, um, oh, what was the other big ones? Hello, North Fresh. VK. Oh, Raid Shadow Legends. Raid you remember Shadow Legends. Raid Sh- Mate, there was a time when you couldn't go on to YouTube without seeing an advert for Raid Shadow Legends. Yep. They've got them all. I keep seeing adverts <laughs> for HelloFresh at the moment. That's the one I keep getting. HelloFresh? I don't think I've seen that one yet. Yeah, I keep, I'll expect I keep that one. That. It's waiting in the wings. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I feel with the amount people are televising their lives on the internet, the It's becoming like that. That is a good yeah. point. It's a very good point. Like, they they almost are, aren't they? I mean, and like you said, spe- vlogs and stuff. Mm. Especially with, I think, family vlogs, yeah. where it's like that candid, the the mother or the father who has the camera and like runs around the kids and it's like ha ha ha, and the kids don't know what's going on. They're just getting these things off like companies, and it's like hey. Hey, little Charlie, can you open this for us? And little Charlie's like, yeah, it's a new Xbox. I can't wait to play. Yeah. Yay. And like, that's not an advert, but it's so obviously an advert. Like the product well, placement. It's content, it's like, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's content, which yeah. is making people go, hey, new Xbox. Oh, I, I, know, I yeah. want that joy that little Charlie's feeling. I'll buy yeah. that. That's true. Apart from the set, I believe that you could raise a kid until they're a teenager not fully understanding the ins and outs on all of the sponsorships and product placements and well hey. it's um it's already happened like with uh there's some um, there's a kid i don't know his name he's a famous kid but he's he makes like unboxing videos so it's just the kid who like unboxes stuff i want to say his name's ryan yeah, it might be something like that, and yeah. you know, his parents—he's making that. shit tons of money off of it, and he doesn't yeah. even know. Like he's just—he's creating his content from a young Ooh. age. He's gonna grow up doing that, and it's just weird, you know. His whole—you so know—he's being sort of documented in a weird way. Mm. Um, I mean, even in another sense, I guess this is kind of a bit different, but mm. I just maybe think of like Boyhood—the fact that they got this young actor. From mm. his young age, and then he grew older into the role, didn't he? And then when he finished the film, he actually didn't want to be an actor anymore, mm. which I thought was really interesting. That's actually, um, mate. Why didn't you bring yeah. that point up like so much sooner? I, I couldn't have, yeah, I couldn't that... have not rambled as much. That's perfect. <laughs> no, but that was still a good point. Yeah, still a good point. I feel still what you've your just point said was valid. like hits it on the head. Where take away the set, mm. don't like have the film, have the kid not really know what's going on, film it candidly. And you've made the Truman Show without the set. Because mm. I think the the most unbelievable thing about the Truman Show is the massive set where they're able to control the weather. Yeah. Everything outside of that, I think, is feasible. Feasible? Yeah. It's believable. Yeah. believable. yeah. So, Betty, bug off, because you're wrong. <laughs> Betty Bogoff. <laughs> Betty Bogoff. Right, a new, a new review. Zen Wolf. It's another one out of ten. It's titled Horrible. Is the American audience so ignorant that they can truly believe that such a poorly directed movie 
which is nothing more than an interesting bit of coffee table philosophy, could be a revolutionary cinematic concept. So that's paragraph one. I feel like that's actually a great place to pause because do do you think it's a revolutionary cinematic concept? I mean, I guess so. Or is it just um, tabletop philosophy? I mean, it's a bit of both, I guess, in a mm. sense. Uh, I think that it's revolutionary since we've never seen that before. In film that I can think of before that time. Mm. Um, it's kind of playing... It's a comment on film itself as well. Mm-hmm. On what we do with film and how we create narratives. Um, our people's lives and stuff. Um but also, I mean, I'm more focused on when he said about Peter Weir's direction. I mean, I think Peter Oh, Weir's yeah, that was going to be director. my next thing. Yeah. Poorly like, directed movie. Yeah, no, I just think that's insane. Like, I think that, um, for example, like, I feel, uh, you know, if you look at, like, Peter Weir's track record, mm. I mean, he's not necessarily someone you would necessarily think is an auteur in terms of he, he doesn't have a specific style, mm-hmm. but... He's made great movies um, throughout, and this is like one of his highlights. Um, and I think it's weird to say that it's poorly directed because I actually think it's very cleverly directed because mm. it's all set up to make sense that the cameras would be all in these positions in that world. Yes. So he's quite restricted in that sense anyway. And I think through restrictions comes great art. And mm. through that, he has, you know, created this, uh, you know, it's kind of it's what I like about it is that you're watching why I think it's geniusly directed is because you're not only are you seeing the cameras and that they're you know how can I explain it that they're in the actual scenes and in the place in places in the movie that you could imagine they would be if they were filming this guy's life all the time but not only that they're also kind of because they're so off kilter it kind of fits with uh, Jim Carrey's characters with Truman's uh, perspective in that everything is not quite right. Everything is yeah. or is or is off and not, you know, you know what I mean? It's kind of weird and even though it looks like this perfect suburban area, it's kind of got, you got these weird shots to tell you, okay, there's something not quite right and get into his mindset more mm. to understand his mindset as well as having that great aspect of the cameras are actually there i just yeah. thought that was very clever and i think that's that's why i think that's it's, it's incorrect to say that it's poorly directed i think and also like the pacing of it as well like oh, it's edited and, so good and like it's every shot sort of goes into the next one it's, it's brilliant mm-hmm. uh, yeah i 100 percent agree it's one of those that it's hard to like it's not poorly directed full stop but for me, because I'm like I have uh, acting is my trained background, film is your trained background. For me, it's seeing the the overlap, and it's just so perfectly mixed together. Because you can you could say, oh, the the placement of the cameras that's cinematography's business. But mm-hmm. then there's also like the writers creating the world, and then the director saying, yes, okay, I like that what you've done there have it like have the cameras look like this and do that and then the mm. cinematography being like okay you want something like that have these sort of lenses have it placed mm. here have it at this angle and it's and then the acting itself where like truman is the only person apart from like the obvious shots where it's still a film he still has to act to camera a bit but he's not he's acting to camera effortlessly so as if he's not acting to the camera exactly it's so yeah. good so good and and that's the perfect mix i feel of all of those different things where it's not poorly directed because you can tell when a poorly directed film has great actors or a poorly directed film has a great cinematographer because it'll look great but then the film falls apart or the script will be great but it looks like crap so you can tell when certain elements are missing from that combination of a film crew and it's Mm. it's it's, it works in harmony and it's just so it is good i really like the film Mm. have i made that clear yet i'm very biased like you you don't need to uh, wait for the end (laughs) no right okay let's hear the next the rest of this blasphemy from zen wolf 
Jim Carrey should stick to lowbrow facial acting and leave the real acting to real actors. Though his comedic performance was the most entertaining aspect of the two hours I wasted on this movie, it did not make the grade. This was nothing but a thinly veiled concept movie with a big name actor to railroad it into the hearts of Americans. If you want to see a movie which has depth, in which all the elements of cinematic elegance come together to form a cohesive film, try something like Brazil or Reading 1984. That was a bad movie. Try to find a movie without the feel-good American perspective where the director is afraid to alienate the ignorant. The end. Uh, I think Brazil is an interesting comparison. Uh, it's a great movie as well, and I guess it explores similar themes in a way. Um, but I think that he's criticising the Americanness nature of it, and it, mm. this kind of annoys me. And it's something I kind of want to address because I feel like I understand that. I understand the frustration with you know, particularly in the particularly in the eighties anyway, of like everything had to have a happy ending sort of thing, mm. um, and that kind of. Uh, obviously the 70s wasn't the case there was a lot of darker movies the 80s become a bit more uh, everything had to have a happy ending kind of thing and then we kind of went back to it in the 90s uh, mm. having things be a bit more dark and stuff um, but what I think is what I think's what I think is weird about it is it's like I don't think you can criticise everything for that like there's mm there's still a place in cinema for happy endings. You know what I mean? It annoys me this aspect of like, oh, it's got happy endings, so it's not a good movie. It's just like, come on, man. You can't... I get that you're cool and you're trying to be nihilist and about things and <laughs> pessimistic. I get that, you know? Um, but like, come on. You've got to sometimes have something that gives you some sort of hope and that. And also, I think it kind of works because I don't think... I think this is a deeply sad movie. And although it has that American sheen to it, that's kind of the point itself is that this show has that American sheen to it because it's a yeah. show made by Americans. In, do you know what I mean? So it's like it's it's got that to it. So I think it's a weird criticism to say that. I think that's part of the point as well. Um, mm. I guess because, you know, he gets away or whatever. But like, I don't know. I think that's a, a weird uh, criticism. Um, I yeah, always on, like, I dislike when I hear that sort of thing. Yeah. On but, a smaller scale, for me, it's the criticism of like, um, and I, I'm I'm a victim of it as well. But, oh, it's a Hollywood movie. I went in thinking it'd be this sort of... It was great for this. And then it became a Hollywood movie. Or, <laughs> the biggest culprit that comes to mind is uh, Wonder Woman, the first one. Mm. Where it's like this great film. And then it remembers it's a superhero movie at the yeah. end. And it's like... Yeah. It's hard because some films kind of detach themselves from the genre and the placement that they're in. And then fall back into it. But I can't see... I can't understand where Zen's coming from. Because I don't feel it comes back to that happy ending. Like, I don't think the ending of The Truman Show is a happy one. Because it no, ends yeah. with him escaping. Yay! Yeah. But it also ends with a person who has never experienced the real world. Exactly, yeah. Being exposed to the real world. A world, a, a world where every person knows him yeah i feel like they missed a beat in making the truman show 2 <laughs> where just everyone knows you i feel like what job can you get <laughs> apart from being a, a, a celebrity well it's funny you said that because i think jim carrey said that he related to the performance um because he knows what it feels like to have cameras constantly pointing at him mm. and stuff as a celebrity so i think it's interesting uh, that you said that I think that yeah it's weird uh, just to go back I mean about the American ending thing it's like mm. I do think that's a fair criticism at times mm. for example but this is the, this is the scenario I'm going to give I mentioned earlier about Love and Monsters yes and my problem with it is that it has that American ending but the reason why it has that Hollywood ending is uh, the reason why I don't like that version of the Hollywood ending is mm. because 
it follows a lot of the cliches and tropes already and it yeah. sets itself up to the point where you believe it could subvert that and instead it doesn't. It falls into the same tropes that we've seen time and time and time and time again in yes. romantic comedies and stuff. Um, and I thought that... And I, that's why I feel like it missed its opportunity there to be something mm. different. And I think that... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more, more things. But yeah, we'll get into, yeah, there are, you know, really there are a lot that. of films yeah, that fall this, victim. for example, is, is still tragic. It's still weird. Like you said, it's you, there's no guarantee that his life's going to be great after that. I mean, he even mm. pauses for a second before he leaves when Ed Harris's character says to him, like, like this world's made perfectly for you. The world outside mm. is way more dangerous and horrible. Like, this life that I've created is, you know, it's perfect sort of yeah. thing. I've you, made you the perfect realize. world for you exactly um so you know there's there's that i mean i've got a question for you actually do you think that ed harris's character genuinely cares for the, for truman or do you think he is more you know worried about the you know the fact that his big grandiose plan has mm. now gone come to an end sort of thing no yeah um it's it's hard. I think the mm. Venn diagram of that is is so close to being just a circle. <laughs> I th- it is one of those that it's it's a bit of both, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those. So a common expression when you're like writing or when you're making something is to kill your babies. It's it's to if something's not working, you get rid of it. You try other elements. But for the Truman Show. It's the one baby, and that baby is Truman. Mm. And so I feel like this guy has watched Truman grow up from fetus to escaping adult. So I think inherently, the emotions are formed either way between... um, I know there's a Stockholm Syndrome... But I don't know what the terminology is for the opposite of a Stockholm. <laughs> the opposite, yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I know there is a term, and I think like part of that is going to be there, where he mm. he he believes what he's saying. That he believes that he has created the perfect world, and he cares deeply for Truman. But it's set on such rocky grounds mm. where it is. It, it's a bit of a manipulative love, and. I don't think yeah. it's. I think there'll be a thought in the back of his mind that if Truman does leave, we're fucked. And I feel like that thought is personified by uh, the, the 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 studio representative guy, the the the, the guy in the suit that's like shouting at Ed Harris's character to like fix everything because they've gone off the air for the first time mm. in. 30 years so i think like the thought is there but because the Mm. thought is there personified it's not in his head as much and he can come at it from a a more real perspective and the fact of the matter is if he's been doing it for like 30 years he's probably he's probably fine for the rest of his life like financially he's probably sorted (laughs) well i did think as well it does kind of speak to the fact that everyone's wearing how will it end badges sort of mm. thing um oh yeah yeah that's like the a moment the rebellion i feel like there's a moment where ad harris's character almost understands that this is the how it ends mm. and even though he doesn't want to let go of that i mean the ending of it is so perfect that you know he deals with his struggles of yeah, he's got that screenwriter. It's got all the beats of what you need in a script almost in, in yeah. those classic Hollywood movies. So that's why I feel like it is kind of making a point of that in that, you know, he has to conquer his fear at the end to to become this new version of him, which is him, mm. you know, this new arc, this new, what he's learned throughout the movie, which is him escaping this world to the real mm. world. Um, and I feel like, you know, in a, there's a part of him that, I don't know if you think if you agree with this, but there's a part of him that doesn't like it and wants him to stay. So he can keep getting mm. those ratings and stuff. But also, I feel like there's a part of him that knows that this is the perfect ending, yeah. And that this is 
he's almost like masterpiece in a weird mm. way and I feel like that's why he kind of lets him because he could have you know I guess he could have tried to stop him but um, I think I well no because it goes back the to on live TV isn't it mm. I think it goes back to in an early in the interview before Truman's escape Ed Harris's character says that Truman could leave at any point if he wanted to like if he fully willed it to be so mm. there's nothing anybody could do because the moment he knows so as soon as he gets to the edge of the set it's so kind knows. of it's it's yeah, over yeah. Yeah, like you can't you can't live yeah. in that kind of bubble can you Pretending like that nothing's outside. realistically actually scratch that it's when he brings up the sun like at yeah, that yeah. point truman could have just gone mad he yeah. like at that point he's just a crazy man trying to escape an island yeah from people that he he thinks don't want him to escape but as yeah. soon as that sun goes up it's game over and it's one of those that he could have stopped truman as as you said he could have enforced him he could have made truman stay but that by that point truman knows it's an act and could if he wanted to just stop acting mm. like if you've watched this reality show for so long and then instead of doing all like this flamboyant the running around being jim carrey in a serious role and instead just sat at a table and did nothing because they, they're not gonna let him starve to death but he could just hunger strike and they'd have to stop the show then like yeah. at some point he yeah, now yeah, knows true. that he can leave so he, I think like, it's interesting you hearing you saying that. I just had a thought um, okay. that I think there is a deeper. I, 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 let's get into this right. I haven't. Mm. It's the first time I've watched it. I've not seen what else has been written out of there really mm-hmm. that much. I did a little bit of research before, but not too much. Um, but I feel like there is something to be said about the fact that he has this. What does it say about humans, right? In terms mm. of. He has this perfect life here, there. And the reason for this change isn't necessarily that he spots the cameras and spots that his dad is in the set. Mm. It's it's that he's not happy with where he is in his life in this perfect world. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of that quote in The Matrix. I was literally, yeah. Yeah. When he was saying, he says, you know, we created all these realities, these simulations for the human beings that were perfect and you rejected it. You mm. you constantly searched for more, for meaning, for danger, for trials. Like, do you know I mean? And I think that says for suffering almost. And mm. I think that's, I think it kind of says that. I think it's got that to say about it as well, of like humans kind of need, have this need to, we can't be sufficient. We can't mm. be, ha- not sufficient, we can't be, that's not the right word. Uh, we can't be happy with what, we have we always yeah. need more we need to search for more we need to constantly constantly be pursuing happiness you can never be comfortable you should be constantly sort of searching to be uncomfortable mm. to find happiness in a weird way and that's kind of yeah. the, the the weirdness of human nature is that that's how you know and it's like if you look back at like we're gonna get deep now we're getting deep oh if you look back at the you know the history of mm-hmm. mankind it's that we've only ever known to survive and the moment that we stopped needing to survive and having everything at our doorstep was the moment that we con we started to contemplate our meaning and purpose mm. in life um because we've only known to survive we've only known suffering and overcoming suffering mm. um so the minute that we didn't have that is when we started to question what why we was here and then that's when you know tragedies come and you know people have mental illness pro- issues and all these mm. things um, well, yeah, that's what I, think... I was about to bring up is the fact yeah. that realistically we are so fortunate to live right now like yeah our lives 100%. are freaking great yeah. like excusing a lot of facts actually no fuck it not excusing Take, addressing our white privilege, our location of birth, like mm. the time period as well. There are mm. so many factors where we, especially me and you, Charlie, are in like, mucho gracio, best time to be alive. 
However, mm. as you just brought up, and I just want to address slightly further, this time period is also where you've got the most amount of people being diagnosed with mental illnesses, yes. depression and anxiety mm. are through the roof. Mm. Because it is that that we find unity and harmony and we find the good parts of life in horrific scenarios. Mm. Immediately after the wars, like the world wars, we we banded together and created peace. It's, I watched Mission Impossible Fallout again yesterday. <laughs> I hadn't intended on bringing it up. But Brilliant. it's that it's the John Lark quote of um after great suffering no the greater the suffering the greater the peace. Yeah, yeah, almost, yeah. And for a lot of us in like privileged wealthier areas, we've not suffered in a long time. And mm. Truman from birth has not suffered. He's never suffered really. Because yeah, no. what what who are you gonna pay to punch Jim Carrey, Truman Burbank in the face where a worldwide broadcast of you doing that? Yeah. Like you thought the hate for Joffrey and uh the the guy who plays as John Walker in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, you thought his hate was bad? Imagine live broadcast around the world you're the guy that has to bully truman well how do you think his mind's going to be able to deal with the fact that that the that there are these horrible mm. things that happen in the world because he's oh, yeah. never experienced any of it none of it within the Imagine first never experiencing year. or knowing yeah, or at yeah, least yeah. knowing about it you know what i mean like maybe we might not experience this everyone's everyone's kind of what's weird about it is like everyone has experienced if you talk to any person anyone has mm. experienced some sort of tragedy in their lives oh yes everyone has had some sort of tragedy it's part of mm. what happens in it obviously there's degrees of people's tragedy to others but yes it it, it it you know it's it's everyone has experienced some form of tragedy in some mm. sense um whereas imagine this guy his life has been completely made perfect he's mm. never experienced any kind of real I mean, I don't yeah. know, we haven't seen what happens before that, but if they set up obstacles for him to overcome, but like, he hasn't really had any mm. tough... Actually, no, you say that. I, said, I say that. He's, he they had the whole storyline of his dad dying and, yes. and stuff. Yeah, um, so, so he's, had, that, but he's had that is sorrow true. So maybe and stuff. But in terms of the grander scheme of things, isn't yeah. it? In terms of like other countries that are war-torn and you know mm. these, these poverty and these horrible things that are happening within the world, um, he has no clue, essentially, mm. of those... Uh, really, well, yeah, but to key into in what I am taking from your point, yeah. Um, hey, Charlie, it is one a.m. in the uh, at night time, right? You you're coming home after a late shift. Uh, you've got two routes, right? You've got the faster route that's down a, a a dark alley where you can see some people loitering, or you have the slightly longer route that's more well lit. Which would you take? Yeah, I see you saying. Because you've grown up in an era, in in a like you've grown up and you've seen the horrors of world, mm. Truman would not see that and would most likely experience the <laughs> softest, nicest mugging in the world as those as those people loiterers demanded his stuff and him having never experienced something as cruel would just give them his things yeah. because he has never and it's it's one of those he. I can see what you're saying that he's not, he, although he's experienced loss and sorrow and grief, the fact of the matter is they probably didn't expose him to fear. Mm. Well, Apart I mean, from you say water. that though, you say that yeah. though, they did expose him to that. And also yeah, the, the fear he of kind of still does have a tragedy and his tragedy is that his whole life has been a lie. <laughs> yes. And it's actually almost worse than a lot. Yeah, I guess. Maybe even us, I guess, in a subset. Yeah. So maybe we're chatting shit, but I think it's interesting exactly. to talk about. See, this is anyway, the thing. They need to make a sequel. Yeah. yeah. We need the other <laughs> side, like, when he gets out and then just But the it has year. such a perfect... But the ending oh. is so perfect, though. The fact that... It is so good. I, I, it's almost like a... It. It's such a tight script. Like, mm. the ending when he's like, you know, good afternoon, good morning, and good night. And then he yeah. just leaves and it cuts to black. Perfect. I was like, that. Fantastic. Mm. Um, you don't so need to see good. anymore. We know the whole film isn't about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what no, I love no. is that happens. They cut the broadcast, and then the security guards are just like, "Cool. So what else is on?" 
Yeah, oh yeah, that's funny. It's, it's all like, yeah. It's true. Uh, I've, I've watched trips. I've, I've watched Twitch streams where it's just like, okay, bye guys. And I'm like, oh, okay. So what else is on? I, I've just yeah, wasted exactly, a couple yeah. hours watching this person. Let's watch another person. Yeah, it's true. Wow, I got distracted and have t- like really thrown us off timing. That's fine. What is what is your review? Let's sum up in a, in a couple minutes. Yeah, what, what um, you think? I feel like we've both kind re- of expressed ourselves quite well. But, definitely, you know. definitely. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie, as you can probably tell from me speaking about it. I really liked it. Um, when I first initially watched it, I was kind of like, oh, okay, um, it's great. It does everything perfect. Like the script's great, the direction's great. Um, but I kind of felt like I didn't really think about it much after. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's anything to it. I think it's just my, my personal thing. It's just a movie um, that I guess didn't couldn't completely resonate in some sense. But I enjoyed it. I like it a lot. I kind of knew a lot of the beats anyway from pop culture and stuff. Mm. Um, so there's also that. Um, but actually, funny enough, through this discussion, I have realised that there is actually kind of more to chew into in in that sense Uh, obviously i knew the basic philosophy behind it um and the things it was trying to say but i think it's made me think maybe i should look in a bit deeper and try to see if there's anything else that i've missed that they're trying to point out um through having this discussion actually so i mean because obviously the first person i've spoken to about it um since watching it so i think sometimes that's the beauty of talking about films with people is that you Mm start to hold on a minute you start to question things and then you start to collect your own thoughts and ideas on the movie um as opposed to just sort of keeping it in internally yeah. Um, well yeah it's the yeah, no, it's cool. we flip the script because yeah. normally i'm in that position especially yeah. with <laughs> the film films that we've watched like i know i've come out of film films going oh okay well that was that was a film that exists and then i'll mm-hmm. chat to you and go okay it's a film that exists that is it is good it has its merits mm, that's what you mean yeah um I mean, I still liked it, though. I don't want to, I want to clarify that I, I really liked it. I thought it was great. I mean, I gave it four and a half out of five on mm. Letterboxd. So, you know, it's, obviously, I think it's clearly really, really good. Um, but yeah, in terms of me thinking about it, if that makes yeah. sense. But, but now, I, you know, I feel different. But yeah. No, what do yeah, you think? I get that. that. Um, yeah. I have not hidden at all because that's not my role anymore. I don't need to hide. I don't need to hide <laughs> my feelings anymore. Uh, I've, I think this film's great. Um, I watched it as a, as a youth and I'm glad to see that my nostalgia wasn't misplaced, mm. um, and that my my memory of this film being great is as good as the film itself being great. It is so good. It's so well executed. As I said, the mixing of all the different elements of the film set, uh, film crew creating a film set within a world, oh, it's just so good. It's so good, Charlie. I love it. It's great. Mm. Um, everyone should watch it. Um, yeah, I, th- I pff, it's so good. it is interesting though. Um, having like having a moment of pause for myself that one of, so I mentioned Citizen Kane the other week about how the yes. opening, like showing his life. And I, I was like, ah, oh, that's awful. Why would you do that? And then coming back to this, I did do the exact same thing. And I'm like, yeah, I love it. See. <laughs> I think, in uh, fairness, I think the Citizen Kane one is like a recap before you go into flashbacks. And this is like a catch you up to speed. So they're different. But it's an interesting thing that they both start off quite with similar intentions of catching the audience up to speed. That's true. But But I do think you have to determine, when you watch things, you need to, especially things that are older, they need to be sort of thought of or watched with the context of the time. Mm. Yes. Um, I always find it weird when people are like, oh, it's not as good as like movies now. It's like, but like, you wouldn't have what you have now. Like, mm. that's what amazes me is that like, you watch that and you're like, they did this out of nothing. You know what I mean? Like, there was nothing before that that kind of yeah. did this thing, sort of thing. Yeah, it's so the classic, it's, oh, I've seen all these beats. And you're just staring like, at them like, yeah, because this is the movie that made the beats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sort of thing. But yeah, uh-huh. no, yeah I, I do understand that point. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, okay, cool. Plugs, <laughs> socials. Where can people find us, Charles? Right, they can find us on Twitter at FabFilmIsAwful. They can find us on Instagram, your favorite film is awful. Facebook, your favorite film is awful. And YouTube, your favorite film is awful. And you so, can find us on Twitter. No, Twitter. You no. already said Twitter. You can find <laughs> us on Patreon. Patreon. The more yeah. important one. Really, we should be putting that at the front. But nah, it's better this way. Patreon.com <laughs> slash your favorite film is awful. We got tears. 
They're all the same thing. Eventually we'll change it at some point. We will change it. We're going to give some Patreon some extra love in the future mm. once I've returned to my domain because newsflash this this isn't a set i i'm speaking to you from my parents house <laughs> and as of next week i'll be in a different location and then we will start coming up with nicer things for the patreon and the patreon will get a lot of love so give us love on the patreon give us money we can put more love and and we become oh my god are we prostitutes <laughs> patreon prostitutes you you're giving us money so we can make you give you things mm, that's weird that's a weird thing to think about. Oh, God. Oh, God, Charlie, my mind is struck. We're not. Give us money, please. Thank you. And I then think Luke we're will make an OnlyFans. And Luke will not make an OnlyFans. <laughs> That's the tier. Luke... That's the $100 tier. Oh, my God. Luke Could you imagine an OnlyFans. an OnlyFans, right? You just have, like, one basic model, uh, one hunk and one lovely lady. And you just Photoshop the characters from different films onto their heads and release that as your OnlyFans. It's not as good as your OnlyFans though, Luke. You'll get, guys, if you submit 100... Uh, Don't uh, lie to the people. <laughs> Gah. However, give us enough money on the Patreon and I get to make a quiz. And I love quizzes. Are I the type of person that could be a quiz host? If you believe so, give us some money. <laughs> Bye-bye. We're done here. Take care. That was the Truman Show. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>